0: You're getting better at that every week. I'm, I'm enjoying it actually. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to. I do have to uh, uh, give some props here, though. Uh, I didn't originate that. I stole it from a guy named Storm Zabel. Storm, if you're out there, I just gave you props. I will never mention you again. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the show. It's smoking and toasting, uh, and it's show number 77. And like, I don't mean to be that guy, but boy, do we have a show for you today.
1: Yes, we keep doing it, too. Yeah, I know, 77 77 times. times.
0: Unbelievable. And that includes the infamous Lost episode. But we did the episode just because it never saw the light of day because apparently someone, and I'm not saying who, was bitter, uh, and uh, the producers at the time thought it too bitter to go on the air. <laughs> Those producers are no longer with us, by the way. Uh, uh, what does it say in that Monty Python movie? The ones who made the decision have been sacked. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, the ones responsible for sacking the ones who made the decision have also been sacked. have also been sacked. Uh, so welcome to our show. It's show number 77. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Smoking and Toasting is all about craft beer. Beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, all Ian and I really do is we're just a couple of guys who like those things. We like to talk about them. So we uh, we get together and do that, and uh, we have uh, Adam uh, Andrus producing. He is on the Wheels of Steel. And uh, I was thinking, uh, Ian, about our, you know, like when we talk about a, uh, a, a cigar, I was wondering if were annoying like it hasn't it hasn't occurred to me i was just thinking about it when i was kind of getting the notes together for the show like if if somebody's describing you their cigar the way we try to describe it because we're trying to impart what it was about if people are saying yes there was a faint aroma of lychee nuts like is
1: that <laughs> is, is that a little
0: pompous and like over <laughs> i don't know I don't know. Or do we go like that?
1: Okay, so it goes. You know, the it goes different from week to week. Sometimes we're more thorough, and sometimes less. Mm-hmm. I think it depends on kind of the mood we're in. While I had, had a cigar. It was good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that cigar is good. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, you're right. Like, because uh, I was, you know, because sometimes it's a little pompous to even think that you get those flavors out of a cigar. Yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Yes, I could definitely get a hint of balsa wood. Yes, you know, uh, really, you know, uh, but. <laughs> But like other times, like I, I totally get it. Like, and I'm trying to develop. You know, one of the things that I've really worked on, uh, as a, someone who enjoys cigars, is developing my palate to where I can identify yeah. those flavors more. At first, I just went, "Wow, I really like this." It's interesting you more said more I more than I said. Oh, there's what is it or whatever. Yeah,
1: right. Well, it's interesting you say. It's like anything that you become a connoisseur is as much as I can use that um, as right, use that right. word because um, I'm more of a consumer. Than, right, than a, connoisseur. a connoisseur. Totally get that. <laughs> totally get that. Yep, I, I totally get that. But but uh, but also, I think it depends. Okay, so sometimes I sit down and have a pen and paper, or my my uh, iPad or whatever, and I'll sit down and I'll. Go, you know what? I'm going to really do a very heavy review of this cigar. Sometimes I just smoke a cigar and go, Man, that was good. And I just try to remember what I liked about it. Mm-hmm. But it did take a long time for me to separate that of smoking a bunch of different cigars and figuring out what is it about this cigar that I like? What is it about that cigar that I like? Mm-hmm. And then because this show challenges us, this is show number 77. Right. You realize that's 77 different cigars that I've had to smoke. Unless we've repeated one, which we might have. I don't have, think but I, I, don't I have. Think now, so. I know yeah. that I've. Smoked cigars that you've rev- uh, you've reviewed later, and right. vice versa. Although
0: even that doesn't happen very often.
1: No, and only it has happened a couple times. And that, there's nothing wrong with that because yeah. my take on it, your take on it, hey, that's it fine. Could be totally different, right? Yeah. But but it's interesting because when you've smoked, think about seventy-seven different cigars just that alone, and that's yeah. not that's just the ones we reviewed. You know, mm-hmm. so if you think about the number of cigars we've had and the amount of knowledge you get when you actually, and here's the thing, you actually pay attention when you smoke a cigar because I don't always do that either. Right. Like sometimes I sometimes smoke you're a cigar, not really
0: yeah, paying that much attention, you're and I'm just, just smoking a
1: cigar it. and enjoying the cigar for what it is. You know, right. it's kind of bubblegum. gum you're at not that going,
0: point. I think I'm getting lychee nuts here. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. What are lychee nuts? I I'm don't not even know. sure. <laughs> I'm not even sure what they
1: are, <laughs> but nor so, what they taste like. So but. it's funny you say that because sometimes we do. Sometimes we're like, uh, you know, we get way into it. We try to get everything out. But it's really interesting because I'm the same thing. Is try to try to really identify what's on it. Sometimes I'll end up spending, and I, I, this is me laughing at myself a little bit. I'll end up. Spending so much time Before I even light the cigar Like I'll just smell the cigar What am I smelling I'll try to separate All those flavors And then after a while After just like anything You're smelling after a while You can't even smell it anymore Right right. And then I'll I'll clip it And do the pre-light draw And and try and see What I'm tasting in that And really sit down And try to get into it And sometimes I'm just like You know what I'm going into the cigar Here we go I've noticed that Some of my favorites Are the ones that When I take them Before I've
0: clipped them Before I've tried to pull Any air through them Just take them out of the humidor, take the wrapper off if there is still one, and put it to my nose and inhale, and there's a certain... Uh, there's a certain thing that most of my favorite cigars have had, like a certain aroma that they have at that point, just right under the nose. But occasionally, you get one that doesn't have that much.
1: Have you identified what that aroma is? Because that's the curious uh, you know, thing.
0: I, I think of it as earthiness, but mm-hmm. but it, it's and you'll hear me say er, a lot of earthiness on the pre-light draw. Right, that's something I I, I kind of identify right. uh, quicker. But I don't know that it's just that. Right. You know, I've had some cigars. I, I think like the CAO. Is it like the MX two, whatever the one is? That's a is. great cigar. That's a Maduro wrapper, a Maduro binder, binder, and Maduro. That's yeah. the,
1: the If they're all three Maduro, that's their triple mm-hmm. Maduro. That's the that's triple a Maduro. great cigar okay. too. It is a good cigar, but that
0: one is so earthy yeah. that it actually smells like dirt, like dirt. Yeah, when you smell it, it's in a got, great way though. It, right, in a yeah. wonderful way. Yeah, it's like it got that warm kind of wet soil yeah. uh, smell that seems so fresh and and earthy in such a good way. But yeah, uh, so I don't know. Uh, I guess just.
1: Go ahead. So this may sound a little crazy, but uh I get that from that from that exact cigar actually cuz I really do enjoy that cigar. Mm-hmm. By the way, that cigar smokes forever. Yes. Like that is one of the it's slowest slow smokers. It is. And it's great. But um but what I get from that too is a, a little bit of uh I hate to say a barnyard cuz yes. it's so earthy yes. but in a good way cuz my grandfather had a had a farm. So I remember he had the barn and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And there was this, there's a this smell that happens. Just this earthy thing and it's the hay and it's the horse and it's, it's all this stuff yeah. this, this i know and you, you
0: you almost want to say and the manure but obviously that wouldn't smell good but yet there's a certain kind of yes. i know what you're saying there's a certain there's a certain way you can walk by a stable that has horses and you can smell the manure but it's not a like, right right like makes you gag sort of a right, smell. it's just it's part, just of, an part of what's penis. going on right yeah. so maybe <laughs> maybe we've gotten off we may have <laughs> off the
1: ranch so to speak here but um But no, that's true. And once you start, you sit down and you really start working on how to identify these flavors. One of the nice things to do, especially if you're new at this, one Mm -hmm. of the great things to do is find some good reviews. Half Wheel does great reviews. Yes. Um, There's a bunch of cigar aficionados. Uh Great reviews. Um, or
0: take you know take a cigar that you have smoked, yes. like one that you go, okay, I've smoked this cigar, and just Google it. Just Google the name of that cigar and review. review. Yeah. yeah, and it'll come up. You can look and see what people and, have, have. And said and, about and it.
1: enjoy that cigar, but sit down and try and try and get like when try they say pre the light flavors, draw. Yeah, see right. if you can find those flavors in there. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. You know, Ian. With all of this in mind, did you smoke anything interesting this week? Oh, was I supposed to smoke a cigar?
0: Uh, <laughs> I didn't know it was an assignment. I thought it was just me asking you, hey, did, of you, have, did. Actually, did you have was, anything going down?
1: I was hanging out with... Um, that's not mine. Uh-oh, that's, that's me. See, see. Don't uh, people
0: know you're doing a show? Uh, well,
1: he, he should, actually. He yeah. should be watching it right yeah, now. Well, uh, anyway, you should <laughs> I'm totally, calling you out, Brandon. You totally answer it and um, <laughs> go, <"What's> the show?
0: <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Anyway, anyway I'm so I was hanging out stuff.
1: with... Um, a mutual friend of me and the guy who's just calling me now, uh, for just a moment yesterday, and he had a bag of cigars. He's like, have you tried any of these? Or, no, it wasn't yesterday. It was two days ago. But um And he goes, have you tried any of these? And I looked down, and I said, actually, I have this one in my humidor, and I haven't tried it yet. I said, maybe that's, oh, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. Because I said, maybe that's what I'll talk about maybe tomorrow. that's a sign. Yes. So I sat out last night under my carport in the rain and smoked a... um uh 2012 by Oscar Valderas. Oh, and what did you think of that? Yeah, what'd you think of that cuz we got those at the Big Smoke. We did. And it's been sitting in there and it's a pretty cigar. Yes, like it is. it's gorgeous. It's a torpedo and it's really it's like only it's, real, it's like, very box pressed, well, yeah. And um and it's got this great red label on it cuz it's the Maduro. Apparently they make three versions of this. Okay, they make the uh the the um Connecticut, the Corojo and the Maduro. They have three uh variations on that. And, uh, and the one we had, or the one I had, was the uh, Maduro, which I will almost always default to, because I like that. I d- Identify with kinda the earthiness. that way, too. Yep, there you go, yep, right? Kind of that way, too. So I said, yeah, I think I'll actually smoke that. So I did. I sat outside. It rained really hard last night. So I was, I was kind of in the middle of my carport, because in, in, in Trying Texas- Trying not to get water blown on you. From in Texas, leaving. yeah, the rain sometimes just goes about 45 degrees in any given direction. Sometimes it's in a couple directions at once. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> and my and my cats around my legs and anyway <laughs> I'm standing out there enjoying my cigar and uh, this was fantastic it was a great cigar it was a great constructed cigar I never once had an uneven bit on it like mm-hmm. it burned so even from the beginning and I was astounded I smoked it till it about to burned my fingers now the from the pre light sniff it was chocolatey it was very classic Maduro very earthy mm-hmm. okay. Um, from the pre-light draw, it had much of the same thing, maybe with a little bit of leather in there, um, and a little a little of that mocha. And I, I end up saying like the chocolate and mocha a lot because I just love cigars that are like that. And this thing smoked delicious all the way through. If I was gonna complain anything about this cigar, the draw might have been a little bit light. A little bit light, a, so a little bit light. A little too easy almost. A little too easy. Right. It smoked a little faster right. than I was expecting. Okay, gotcha. But not necessarily in a bad way, it didn't smoke hot. Right. It It, just smoked a little faster. That's the thing. As long as it didn't smoke too hot, that can be okay. ash was good and solid. Everything about this cigar was fantastic. The first third went down. The flavor developed almost immediately in this thing. Very, very tiny kiss of uh, pepper, just enough to spice. That built up by the third third of this cigar. Um uh, the second third of this, by the way, was much the same. Just an enjoyable thing. By the third third, uh, I had a little bit of pepper spice right on the tip of the tongue, but the sweetness and the creaminess of this thing and the big smoke that came out of it was just wonderful. Um, I absolutely enjoyed it. About, I think, a nine, 8 and a half to $9 cigar mm-hmm. if you're going to mm-hmm. buy it. I'm going to give that one a straight-up five. That is, you get worth exactly what you're paying for, worth, worth every money. bit that you're paying for, and what a great cigar. That's absolutely, absolutely. – How about you?
0: Well, I, I first of all, I want to say I had one of those from the Big Smoke as well, and I have smoked it already, although I did not review it on the show and i would echo pretty much everything you said i mean it was it was a really flawless construction it was a little tiny bit burned a little fast mm-hmm. but not hot and uh, and i just i just thought it was one of the prettier cigars i've had it in was a, long a time. gorgeous cigar it was just absolutely yeah. beautiful with the box press and and the you talk about a torpedo that one's that one was a sharp enough torpedo. You could have actually poked holes in stuff with it, even though it was. You could use it yeah, to poke even other cigars, it was tobacco. So, uh, I had a Padilla uh, Habano Robusto this week, and I'm going to tell you about it in the next segment because my expectations were actually pretty low. So I'll tell you how it did uh, compared to that. Plus, coming up on today's show, we have some really, I really want to tell you about some of the things we have to talk about because there's there's great stuff happening, or at least if not great, at least interesting. Uh, News by the way, don't know if you knew this, there's actually some health risks involved with smoking cigars. What? There's some health risks involved in smoking cigars. But the press is lying about them again. And I will call them out on this show uh, coming up. Plus, uh, encouraging uh, remarks from uh, Washington about the legislation for uh, premium cigars. So we'll share that with you. And it's on Stone Brewing is suing Miller Coors. Oh, this is going to get good. Uh, so we'll tell you all I about that. I want to hear about that. Yeah, we'll tell you all about that coming up. This is Smoking and Justin. It's all about craft beer, my friends, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. And we will be right back. <music> Welcome back it's smoking and toasting and we are so happy to be with you discussing craft beer fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars uh on today's show how to live past 90 and this is like you're gonna love this it's great advice for all human beings uh we're brought to you by b&b butchers and restaurant at 1814 washington ave in houston and in the shops at clear fork in fort worth by the way <laughs> you'll never guess what i brought What'd you bring? We should talk about this now. All right, talk to me. Even though we won't sample it till later in the show, I brought some whistle pig. You brought yeah. specifically. See, see how good I am. The old world. I'm not even sure where I got this. <laughs> to be honest with you, <laughs> uh, it just it found its way into my possession, and uh, it's a whistle pig old world cask finish. So it's a straight rye, but it's been finished in three different. Cask, or ah. or the the mixture of, of the rye comes from whiskey finished in three different casks. The uh, Madeira, uh, which is sixty three percent of the of the mix, uh, the uh, French, I'm not even going to try the word the French the French oak barrels, The sauteing. yeah, uh, thank you, thirty uh, percent for that, and then seven percent is uh, port barrels. So uh, this should be very. There's a lot of fuss about whistle pig. It's so huge now. It'll be interesting to see if it lives up to its, uh, it's, to, the, it's to the to the buzz, you know. Whistle very big right yeah, now. So, it's so in right now. Yep, totally looking forward to that. Uh, plus, um, well, the tequila shortage. I'll just share this with you right now. Tequila shortage, we talked about this last week. Yes, we did. It's agave, right? Mm -hmm. Agave is potentially in short supply. Uh, Our buddy, Stuart Skloss from Puerto Vida, who's been on the show before, we've invited him to come back on. He said he will, but we haven't got the specific date lined up. But Stuart tells me there is no shortage. It's a hoax. But he says that it's a hoax only because that Patron... And Cuervo have bought up a huge chunk of the supply. So it is causing a squeeze uh, on, the, uh, on the smaller companies. And they're doing that on purpose, of course, to try to, uh, to, try to squash the competition. So try to squeeze very, out the smaller yeah, companies. Very, very interesting. However, there have been some other explanations offered. And apparently, we now know whose fault it is. Aliens? Almost. Ellen DeGeneres. Oh. Yes. I knew there was something about her. Ellen rang in her 60th birthday last Saturday in the greatest way possible, surrounded by famous pals, delicious food... And lots of tequila. (laughs) Uh, On her show, uh, I guess earlier this week, she joked there was so much tequila at her star-studded bash, which was uh, thrown by Portia de Rossi at the uh, Lot Studios in West Hollywood, Ellen thinks she may be responsible for the looming worldwide shortage (laughs) of the alcohol. She said, I came into work Monday and I saw the headline I thought, oops, I think I'm responsible for that. It's my fault. And this is the best part. She said she had an inkling, though, that it might not all, you might not be able to pin the whole thing on her. She said she thought maybe one of her guests was the main culprit, too. She said, I don't want to blame anyone in particular, but I saw someone sitting at the bar drinking all night long. She says, I'll just give her first name. Oprah. Now you can figure out which Oprah it was. <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was I thought that was which, cute. Which Oprah? I Not to be confused cute. with all the other Oprahs. <laughs> yes. So we are looking forward to having Stuart's class on the show to discuss this because I want to know with Pura Vida being a smaller, yeah. you know, uh, a craft tequila, how does this affect them? But see, I also know that Stewart and his buddies at Pura Vida are very friendly with the Patron guys. Yes. So I don't know how this all uh, I don't know how this all is going to work. But it's I'm totally
1: for it, especially if he brings tequila.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, I am going to tell you this, though. If you've had your eye on like an expensive bottle, this might be a good time to go ahead and invest in it. Because they're saying that w- whether it's perceived or real, that it is going to have the impact of driving tequila costs
1: up. Tequila costs going up. Maybe, yeah. th- maybe that's the whole um, idea of it. It could be. Is to raise the value of the individual bottles. Like,
0: do you remember when uh, we had the, uh, because of the, I don't remember what, it was one of the wars or something going on in Iraq or whatever, but we had a gasoline shortage. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And airlines, because obviously those big jets use tons of fuel, Mm -hmm. right? So they uh, jacked up the prices, but that was also when they started charging for bags. Remember that? Well, now we've got plenty of oil. There's no shortage. No problem anywhere. They're we charging st- the same amount. We still paying for bags? Yes, yeah. we are. I don't know how they sleep at night. But that's just me.
1: Um, so uh, let me tell you about the cigar I smoked. This Talk morning. to me. Uh, it's a Padilla Habano Robusto. Now, wait a second. You said you weren't... Thinking you weren't expecting much from the cigar. But I, I, wasn't. I find Padilla's pretty well, good. Well, see, I've had some mediocre experiences with them in okay. the past. Uh,
0: it would be like uneven construction, maybe mm. lack of complexity. But to be honest, I hadn't tried one in a few years. Like, it's been quite some time because I didn't think they were bad. I just thought, yeah, for the money I can Want do, more. I can do yeah. better. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, so I wound up trying this with the Havana Robusto. And I was glad that I did. I think, by the way, this Hapano Robusto may be something that's available mail order only. When I looked at it online, I noticed it in all of the mail order places. They pop up on the search. So everything, from Thompsons, Holtz, Cigars International, JR, all have it. But uh, but it's not, it's not shown as one of the cigars on the Padilla website, which is kind of interesting. Uh, but in any case... It starts off with a nice, rich, tobacco-y, pre-light aroma, lights easily, and from the very beginning, it burned perfectly. Now, remember, construction was one of my issues from before. Uh, so, so much for that, from what I'd experienced in the past. There were notes, I thought, of leather, wood, spice, leather, pepper, and leather. I thought that- Was, was there leather in there? I think there was some leather in there. <laughs> and also a faint hint of lychee nuts. Leachy uh, nuts. No, it was nice and complex for a little robusto. That sounds like something I, you might want to see a doctor I, about. Yeah, I smoked it down to the nub. <laughs> Excuse about me, you. I'm so yeah. I think I do need to see a doctor. I smoked it down to the nub. Enjoyed it very much. It's a six to seven dollar cigar robusto. Price to quality, I'd give it
1: a five and a half. Padilla's back in my rotation. so Nice.
0: nice yeah, nicely done.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I think I've had pretty good luck with Padilla's. Uh, I don't smoke them as regular, but I've enjoyed the ones that I've had. I get the lack of complexity on some of them, definitely. Uh-huh. Well, one of the things I noticed when
0: I looked on their website is they've completely changed the packaging on their, uh, their line. And a lot of them, like they had some... They had some that really the packaging is very reminiscent of uh, Padron Aniversarios, yeah, yeah. uh, which I thought was very interesting. So anyway, uh, a, a, very, a very cool thing to check out, uh, the Padilla, the Habana Robusto. I liked it very, very much. Oh, you drew that one. That out. That was a good one. Yes, <laughs> yeah. you made that Ant- one dramatic. Anticipation—that was the—that was the key to that one. Uh, I've just cracked the top on our first beer that we're going to try. It's from Anderson Valley Brewing Company. Uh, it's the GNT Goza. Uh, it is beer. With natural flavors. <laughs> That's how they describe it. So. Now,
1: Goza style is becoming popular in the last couple years. Um, yes. You would very rarely see it before then. It's a sour beer. It's, it's a yes. little more sour. Although,
0: although it's more like just, like, more like just tart. Like it's or not, tart, yeah. It's, it's, not, not, it's not a it's not sour in sour. sort of the traditional right. sour sort of way. Uh, but it's, it's, it's one of those things that has a tendency to be sort of looked at and identified as maybe a spring sort of a, a right. beer. Right. You know? Because it's uh, not a heavy sour. No, no, heavy not tart. at all. It's not like some of the, you know, some of the sour stouts and porters and different things that you can find. Uh, this is generally a very refreshing beer, uh, or the Goza is in general. And we actually haven't done a lot of Gozas on the show. We've done a couple, but we, but we haven't done a lot. So, um, so it'll be interesting to take this and try it and see what we think. Anderson Valley uh, Brewing is uh, based in Boonville california and this is the gnt goza
1: and i'm just telling you i don't get a whole lot except lemon. they recommend if you're going to pair it with cheese you Mm -hmm. should pair it with herb crusted uh goat cheese that kind of
0: makes sense to me Uh, i'm getting a little lemon on the uh on the nose but uh that's about all i'm figuring out well
1: you know one of the things they talk about here is the uh the wheat malt in here interesting and you can smell the wheat and you the, can, and I'm and a little tart, surprised by that. Actually,
0: I'm a little surprised by the wheat because I don't think of Goza as being a wheaty
1: sort of a, a sort of a beer. No, and wheat, uh, the wheaty beers—that's what gives you that kind of overripe and a lot of banana. Which, by mm-hmm. the way, this has on the aftertaste On on the finish. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It certainly
1: does. I the would say, finish is very banana.
0: Actually, I would say up front, lots of lemon and carbonation, mm-hmm. and even a little bit of a maybe saltiness.
1: I go with that. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's good. It's very refreshing.
1: It's it's reminiscent of the. Um uh, the uh, dogfish head makes a uh, sequench ale that I think we had on here. Yes. That was the salt and mm-hmm. whatever. It was very reminiscent of that. But this has that that uh, that weedy kind of overripe banana kind of thing that finishes it up, and just that little bit of sour, like you were saying, yeah, the tartness. But the, the tartness, tartness goes
0: away pretty quick after the first swallow. Yes, it does. It doesn't. It doesn't linger. Like some of the sours, like what they leave you with is that sour. Sort yeah, they of leave the, you that tart taste. Like I can't yeah. stop salivating, kind of sour. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and and in this. this, This case, this case really that that sort of fades after the first couple seconds after you swallow. So very. I agree. Uh, There are some, (coughs) excuse me. There are some encouraging remarks from Washington D.C. about premium cigars. Uh, A House Budget Committee hearing in Washington D.C. and the cigar lobbying groups. have, uh, there was, The remarks were made, I should have said, uh, at the House Budget Committee hearing, and cigar lobbying groups are taking this as an encouraging sign that lawmakers are considering adjusting these very controversial uh, cigar regulations, or at least they are listening. So um, uh, there's—I'm not going to get into too much of the details for you, but just it's significant that there's movement and that there seems to be an acknowledgment— that the premium cigar industry can and should be separated from cigarettes and right. machine-made uh, small uh, you know uh, cigars like you get in the convenience store yep. you know so uh, so it'll be interesting to see how this all uh, plays out but uh, all of the watch groups and you may remember we had our uh, guy from Cigar Rights mm-hmm. uh, of America uh, Mr. Boring was on and we uh, those guys are are looking at this as as encouragement they're looking at it as as good news. Okay. Uh, coming up, we have more tasting to do here. We mentioned the Whistle Pig. We're also going to be tasting a Wasatch Devastator Double Bock, which sounds interesting. I've never had it. And the Southern Star Black Crack. It's a barrel-aged buried hatchet. Yes. So buried hatchet is pretty good. Yeah. See what, uh... By pretty good, you mean holy cow. <coughs> yeah, by good pretty stuff. good, I mean whoa. <laughs> uh, so uh, So that'll be coming up. Plus, we already know... That cigars, they're not, a, they're not a zero risk to health. Like almost anything that you take into your body, there are some risks uh, to uh, smoking cigars. What is interesting to me is to watch the press lie about this. And, and it's even like, it's blatant. They contradict themselves in their own stories, so I'm going to get to that uh, coming up, and uh, we'll taste the whistle pig. It's all coming up. It's uh, smoking and toasting. The whistle pig. The whistle pig. It's smoking and toasting, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, my very good friends. To Smoking and Toasting. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And we love these guys. They are just absolutely awesome. They're they're terrific. And the bacon. And the bacon. bacon. Yes.
1: I need to actually go by there because uh, a lot of times, you know, I take my uh, Thursdays off. So a lot of times after the show is a Looking good time. Looking for a place to go, to go home and smoke some grill. Someplace. Oh, so I need to go by the butcher shop. See, we could go over there and have a cigar steaks,
0: and a couple of drinks, and then you could grab your uh, dry-aged steak on the way out and take it home and try your luck. I wish you wouldn't twist my arm so yes, hard. Yes, I'm bad about that. I'm bad about that.
1: <laughs> so, you
0: know, um, no one who is a cigar smoker uh, is is delusional and thinking that there is zero risk to smoking cigars. Um, obviously, when it comes to things like uh, cigars versus cigarettes, the biggest difference is that while cigars can be stronger, cigars are not inhaled, yes. so you're not taking the smoke into your lungs the same way you are with, uh, with cigarettes, and so the general accepted you know thinking is that that's not as bad for you. No, it's uh, not as uh, as if you're as if you're taking the smoke. Yeah, into you your still lungs. get
1: some absorption in the uh, in the uh, of course, membranes yes. in the mouth and uh-huh, everything like absolutely. that. Which is you know one hundred percent. But I want to point out too, too much of anything is bad for you. Yes. Let's think about this. You don't drink water, you die. Too much water, um, yeah, you die. You die exactly. Right. So. And and let's say something else too. None of
0: these uh, articles where they're touting the public dangers of of, uh, of, of smoking a cigar say anything about what I'm going to say is my number one thing I love about smoking a cigar, which is that sense of peacefulness and well-being that I get from stopping, taking a moment to just contemplate life, enjoy something that I really enjoy the flavor of, and just bring my whole vibe and blood pressure and everything down and chill. It's a wonderful, almost Zen-like moment for me when I'm sitting and enjoying a really, really good cigar. Agree,
1: agree. And, I, and
0: no one talks about that. No one talks about the health benefits. Of being able to get to that state. Now, you could certainly make an argument there's other ways to get in that state other than smoking a cigar, and that's not wrong. But I'm just saying, nobody talks about that. What they do talk about is this. Uh, there's a new uh, new study that's been released. and so, By the way, some people might not think we'd address this on the show, but here we go. I'll We're about it real right issues now. here. Yeah, we'll address it right now. Uh, the study tracked the health and habits uh, of more than 357,000 Americans from 1985 to 2011. And here's what the, the, this is UPI. I'm reading this off a UPI uh, press uh, statement. The headline is, study cigars, comma, pipes, not safer than cigarettes. And the first line in this says, smokers who think cigars or pipes are somehow safer than cigarettes may want to think again, new research indicates. And then it goes to talk about the study. Now, here's what the study found. It found that compared to people who had never smoked, People who regularly smoked only cigarettes had double the risk of death in this time frame. Okay. So if if it's you and you smoke cigarettes, and it's a guy next to you and he doesn't doesn't smoke at all, uh, then you've got twice as much of a chance of dying during the time frame during the eighty-five to two thousand and eleven as he did, according to this study. From whatever
1: the cause, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, they're then, calculating a risk. They're not calculating right. an, an actuality. Exactly. And uh, you had quadruple the odds
0: of dying from a tobacco-linked cancer. Well, of course you did, because you were the smoker in this in this, We well, were smoking uh, tobacco, right. right. Right, exactly. Such as cancer of the lung, bladder, esophagus, pancreas, larynx, and mouth. But, then it says, people who claimed they smoked only cigars weren't off the hook. Then it goes on to say, and this is from the study, cigar smokers had a 20% Elevated odds of death from any cause and a 61% higher risk of death from a tobacco-linked cancer. Okay, so they just said that cigars and pipes are not safer than cigarettes. Yes, they are. They, that's proven that's in the article. The first line of this article says, Smokers who think cigars and pipes are somehow safer than cigarettes may want to think again. No. If you read the study... You've got a twenty percent elevated odds of death versus a fifty percent. Right. That now, seems safer. Now, for some people, a twenty percent may be enough. Where they go, I, you know, I, I'm not going to smoke uh, cigars. I'm not. I'm just not going to do it. And by the way, none of this says anything about how much, or how many, or how many of these people who smoke cigars may also have smoked cigarettes at one time and quit, and you know, st- mm-hmm. but still smoke a cigar. You know. So anyway, I, I just and I and I looked at. A number of articles online, and they all had some kind of distortion like that in them. Oh, yeah, you think they're safer. They're not. Well, actually, according to the study, they are. According to the study. This is the study you're writing about. You know,
1: so a lot of times when I read those studies, you can almost read right between the lines. The This is exactly how we adjusted the information to make it make Make it say exactly what we want it to say. That's exactly right. I mean, you can see it. It's. I get so frustrated. I can't even watch the news.
0: What is the? Because it makes me crazy. Yes. What's the old saying for that reason? There's three kinds of lies: lies, damn lies, and statistics. (laughs) That's the old saying, right? And it's true. You can make statistics say almost anything that you want. Right. With that in mind, by the way, I'm going to tell you how to live past 90. Coming up. I love that and idea. This is also based on a new study. So, so if you're worried about your cigar smoking, uh, let me tell you what to do. To this maybe is we offset. got the counterbalance right here. The counterbalance. Thank you. That's a, that's the correct word that I was looking for. You know what else I was looking for? I was looking for this.
1: You know, I'm willing to bet that there's a health benefit <laughs> to just hearing that sound I think because that there it is. makes
0: me so happy. That's why we, you know, like to make sure the mic is on and we're, you know, we're capturing that sound as we do it. Wasatch. Until by the way,
1: they come out with some kind of Some kind of uh, article and statistics that tell you that happiness also raises your risk of cancer.
0: Oh, I bet it does. I bet people who are happy have an elevated risk of cancer. Yes. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Um, I will say this. um, We're about to sample the Wasatch Devastator Double Bock Lager. And it looks like when I pour it into uh, a (laughs) cup, it actually looks about the same color as like a Shiner Bock. It doesn't look like it's a heavier... Uh, more devastating, as the name implies. Um, but I one of the things I also found interesting is that Wasatch, and I've been drinking Wasatch Brews for quite some time, Wasatch is now can only. They have, uh, they have made the transition to only cans, and this is a real trend. And I have said this before on the show, I'm not sure that I like it. I'm I actually just, like it. I know you do. I do enjoy hearing that sound of the can opening. Yes. But, man, there's something I like about a good, cold
1: bottle of beer i uh, i get that if you're gonna drink straight out of something the can is not my favorite mm-hmm. but i almost always if i'm gonna drink pour it into a glass yeah hello solo cup i'm talking hello to you. solo cup yes thank you very much <laughs> on your ongoing quest by the to get way to sponsor- somebody from solo cup call me because i need your sponsorship <laughs> um I almost always pour it, like 90% of the time I pour it into a glass because I don't like drinking out of a can. I don't like drinking a soda out of a can. I don't like, I just mm-hmm. don't like drinking yeah. out of a can generally. Right, right. of course. It's just not that I go, that I avoid it or anything, mm-hmm. but or that I don't want to, don't do it at all. But anyway, the bottom line is um, the can is just a better vessel for beer. Mm-hmm. There's zero, uh, zero uh, issues with light. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get light contamination and all that. I mean, you eliminate so much contamination just by putting it in a can. Mm -hmm. uh, And so you can't worry about a lot of those things. It's just way better, I think. So we're talking about, you know,
0: health risks and and doing things that are potentially bad. I'm reading from the Devastator Double Bock can from Wasatch. It says here, if you're going to sin, sin big. With 8% alcohol by volume and a creamy richness, this brew has developed a serious cult following. Imagine that. A cult following in Utah because uh, Wasatch is from uh, uh, yeah they're from Salt Lake City and they have a great sense of humor about
1: that because aren't they the guys that have the polygamy uh, uh, yes yeah, polygamy Porter
0: yeah w- which is just such an awesome idea. I
1: want to also point out about cans too mm-hmm. try crushing a bottle on your forehead
0: that's a good point
1: I'm just I'm just saying that's they're safer point. Wow
0: I just took my first drink of this and here's what has completely taken me by surprise didn't get any of this on the nose. Wasn't expecting it, but it's almost like chocolate milkshake on the finish. Yep. Wow, I wasn't expecting that from a Bach, even a <laughs> double. Like you expect it more from like a porter or a stout, right? Yeah. Uh, but that's almost this also milkshake. has
1: a much creamier mouthfeel mm-hmm. than you would expect from any kind of bock. Hmm. Um. I've had this before. I've had this actually quite a number of times. Oh, so, uh, so this is I no know surprise exactly to you. What surprise you know anything. Totally. Also, what you're going I want you here. to, when you take a swallow, one of the other weird things that you find in this, mm-hmm. this, to me, is almost like they just missed making a barley wine. Taste the date on the finish on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the fruit, the date, not, you know. The date. When Not the date on the calendar. Yeah, yeah. No, Not the date on the calendar. Not the born on date. No,
0: you're right. There is, you're right. It's just,
1: it's just a shy of being a barley wine. Yeah, just shy yeah. of being a
0: barley wine. Yeah, no, you're right. no, you're right. It's it's more carbonated and it's got a lighter mouthfeel. But yes, it's just shy of being a,
1: bar, a barley
0: wine. But definitely a, a heavier
1: mouthfeel than most box.
0: Oh, more so than like a Shiner box yeah. or, or any of those. Uh, I really like, they may have at, uh, at Wasatch, they may have. One of the best slogans of any beer company that I've ever read. And it says this right here on the can We drink our share and sell the rest. That's good. That's really, really good. I like that. I like that very, very much. So this is good. We are, uh, I tell you what, we're going to do. We're going to take a break and we're going to return. Uh, and taste the whistle pig because I'm the whistle really pig. excited. What about What is this. the deal with whistle whistle pig? Old pig, world cask finish. Is This whistle pig, it's twelve year old rye. Touted. Yeah, is it as good? This is these guys have have totally been you know the the thing in terms of people talking about them. They're supposed to be legendary. So we will see if it holds up. Coming up soon. High. Is yes. this
1: whistle pig as good as touted? Or what to do with a giant cl- uh, flask of uh, glass?
0: Yes, exactly. And <laughs> cheers to life. We'll tell you how to live past 90.
1: I love Coming that. up, it's Smoking a Toasting. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, and I apologize for having uh, uh, a bit of a sneeze and a little uh, tickle in my throat that makes me cough every once in a while. How dare uh, you! Obviously, I'm not drinking enough to keep my throat, you know, <laughs> uh, moist to uh, to keep that tickle from coming back. So we'll we will work on that. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Okay, it's on. Miller Coors has been sued by Stone Brewing, and things have been getting ugly between big beer and craft beer for a long time. And I uh, found this in a column in the Marin. Uh, which is Marin County, California mm-hmm. Which is across the bay from San Francisco uh, um, The Marin Independent Journal Alistair Bland Who's obviously written about beer before uh, Because he says As I've discussed again and again and again Producers of watery lager Hoping to cash in on craft beer sales Have quietly purchased many craft brands With the hope that people like you, uh, you and me Wouldn't know any better And would keep buying the beer Large beverage corporations also use the marketplace girth To knock lesser if better brands off the shelf. But now, Big Beer has pushed Greg Cook too far. Greg is the co-founder of Stone Brewing Company in Escondido. And by the way, Greg spells his name uh, Cook the same as Jim Cook from, uh, uh, from Sam Adams. Mm. Uh, so, uh, so, Cook and his uh, company colleagues filed a lawsuit on February 12th against Miller Coors for allegedly, allegedly misrepresenting the Stone brand by using Stone on cans of its own Keystone light beer. Miller Coors is the proud producer of some of the, and I'm reading this from Alistair Bland's article, he says, Miller Coors is the proud producer of some of the most uninteresting yet popular beer in the world and has uh, brazenly dropped the word key from its brand, prompting a, uh, prompting a fast backlash from Stone Brewing, rightly regarded as one of the pioneers of the craft beer
1: uh, uh, community Oh, come on, they had to know that was going to happen Yeah,
0: uh, Cook says, we all uh, know Keystone is specifically designed to be as inexpensive, flavorless, and watery as possible uh, He said in a media statement released on Monday Read here, popular uh, uh, We can't but... have potential stone drinkers thinking that we make a shutter like beer Or for our fans to think we sold out Miller Coors needs to stop marketing the stuff using our good name So that's what the suit's about <coughs> Kind of interesting, don't you think? I agree. I, mean, I certainly wouldn't mistake a Keystone light for being anything from Stone, but then again, you have experience. Maybe some people would. I do have some experience in this. So, mm. sorry, trying to uh, kill the uh, kill the itch there. Uh, it's a it's it's an interesting it's an interesting lawsuit to say the least, uh, and it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, if I'm Stone Brewing, I'm not really thinking I'm going to get damages from Miller Coors out of this. What I want to do is I want to call more attention to my brand and how it is, in fact, superior in
1: quality. I think a little of A and a little of B. (coughs) Uh, You think so? Yeah, because why would they drop the Keystone? Mm -hmm. Why would they drop the key on the Keystone? Keystone Light's been a brand name forever, and now they're changing it. They're changing it for a reason. Either they want to change the name, they want to call some kind of different attention Mm -hmm. to it. Well, my thought is if you're you're Stoned,
0: you're yeah. you're thinking this is good for us for publicity? Well, yeah, so of course. Hear about of ours. Course. our brand? Oh, now I just opened. You didn't hear much. I'm going to close it and try it again. I just opened the whistle pig.
1: Not a bad. Little, we a got a little, little plop from the bottle. A little, too, that little was more right. that
0: time than the time
1: <laughs> a little before. Blop. So I will say it's a
0: very interesting on the nose, just from the top of the bottle. And it'll be interesting to see if you can even uh, smell it from across the room. But I got to uh,
1: see if this is worth the price tag.
0: Well, yeah, because this is not. Uh, this is not a super inexpensive... What's about, it's about 100 and... $120. $120, okay. Is what
1: I'm Almost thinking. everywhere you go. I mean, it may go up or down by... I'm uh, usually up by, you know, 5 bucks or so. But about 120 on this one.
0: Yeah, I will admit I did not buy this bottle. It just wound up in my hand. So, uh, so I'm just thinking, um, yeah, there's been enough hoopla to definitely look at this and say, okay, let's see if it lives up to the hype. And so that's what we're doing with the Whistle Pig. And uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are on Whistle Pig. Like, are you expecting this to live up to the hype, or do you think it's probably this overblown? This is
1: 12 year old. Mm hmm. This is 12. Let's see what. I have the information here. This is 86 proof 12 year old rye whiskey. is a marriage of whiskeys aged in new American oak, ingeniously finished in port, 7%. Mm hmm. French sauternes, thirty um, percent, and Madeira casks at sixty three percent. Everything finished with those casks is good. I don't know how it tastes when you blend them all together. Right, right. That's but kind of one of the things like I've of had. This particular I've whiskey. had whiskeys uh, a plenty finished in all of those individually, and they're all delicious. Okay. We've taken the elements that are most quintessential in American rye—boldness and character, that is—and fused them. Oh, well, oh, oh, fused them with the elegance and grace of an 18-year-old Scotch. Now, those are pretty big words. This is a yes, 12-year-old they whiskey. It's
0: a 12-year-old blended whiskey, and they're telling you it has the elegance and grace of an 18-year-old Scotch. I wonder if it lives. I'm interested. It. I'm staring very, at you. It's very good on the nose. It does it's smell delicious. Good on the mm. It smells
1: like, mm-hmm. it smells like dark fruit. It smells like chocolate. Lots of chocolate. In so the smell.
0: it's definitely a rye. Is the first thing that I'll say. Because Lots of rye. That, yes. There's, there's an obvious one. You get that sort of uh, that sort of graininess, uh, whatever you want to call it, that comes from the uh, yeah. that comes from the rye. Where it's a little more about uh, that than it is about the the finish, about the port and the uh, oak wood and what have you. Um, I'm going to say that it's very good. I don't know if I would say, and this is just my personal taste, I don't know if, say, I would prefer it to, say, a $70 bottle of blends.
1: Your thoughts, Ian? So, upon first days, this is so, like, you don't smell it as much. Mm Mm-hmm. But when you taste it, it is good. By the way, it is I'm not in so any way rye. trying to say it's not good. Like it's it is just very unabashedly rye. rye. Right, and that this might is be, almost more rye than a lot of rye whiskeys that you buy that well, just say rye whiskey.
0: And that might be part of it for me because I'm not as big a fan of rye as I am
1: of some of the other uh, styles. Of, I'm going of to say this is good. Well, um, I'm going to say that too. Like wait, there's wait. no doubt. The finish is so chocolatey. I might have just taken a fingerful of icing. So like, we've had a
0: couple of real big chocolate bombs here between the Devastator yes. Double Bock and the Whistle Big.
1: Yes. I mean, that is such a chocolatey finish. hmm Thinking about it, um, is it $120 worth of wonderful right. chocolatey right. finish right. with because, rye?
0: Because I'm just, I'm just going to put a couple, couple of uh, thoughts up against it. A bottle of the uh, IPA cask finished uh, Glenfiddich. 70 bucks. 70 bucks. Yeah. Yeah a bottle of uh, of any uh, like the, Bal- the Balvini the uh, uh, the what is what is the lowest year on Balvini is the, it 8? The Balvini is the um yeah ooh, I
1: can't remember What's, now.
0: It's it's well a, even a bottle of the 12 is not yeah. more expensive than this. No. You know? And uh, a no. Glenmorangie. What's the what the, the Glenmorangie like that is just their basic their ma- 10. man that 10 is fantastic and yeah. it's not this expensive.
1: No. So um this is more complex, I think, than either of those. I think it's going to depend on whether you really like the rye flavor, though. Yeah, I think the rye flavor has a lot to do with it. Is it, is it $120 worth of bottle? Uh, I'm thinking I'd have been happier at $90. I'd have gone, this is a really good whiskey mm-hmm, at $90. Mm-hmm. Um, it is really good. It is way. really good. But that We're extra just debating the price. $30 in my mind. like I think there's a $30... It may take more research. Okay. Is all of the whistle pig stuff rye whiskey or do they have Yes, really uh, Whistle pig yeah. is rye whiskey. It's all rye, yeah. As so. far as I know, like somebody proved me wrong, but I'm pretty sure. And this is the twelve year old. This is complex. I yeah, will say complex, the finish yes. the finish on this is so good and smooth. The and finish is my favorite part of it actually. It leaves you really, really going, mm, that was pretty good. Again, I'd have been pretty happy at ninety dollars on a bottle. At a hundred and twenty dollars on a bottle, I gotta think twice about it. It's nice to have, you get the bragging rights. The whistle pig's been so popular recently. And by the way, I have seen this as high as like but one sixty. I think to, 160, be, 160, I think to be honest with you, I think I've had sub one hundred dollar whiskeys that I like as much or better than this. I can think of a half a dozen right now. Um and so I'm not entirely sure that the hundred and twenty dollar price tag is is there on this but one. In in fairness to the whistle pig this isn't as favorite a
0: style for me so when i tell you i can think of right. sub 100 dollar uh, whiskeys that i think are better those all fall in my favorite now style
1: now they also make a couple bottles that are less than this mm-hmm. this just happens to be the uh, the one that we have I, today i will say this, this is one maybe my,
0: this may be my favorite rye that i've had
1: it's it's a good whiskey yeah it's a good i like i certainly am not you know not going to say oh no i don't like that whiskey <laughs> <laughs> I just the hundred twenty the hundred twenty turns me off a little bit on that. You know, I'm thinking that's that's the sticking point with me. You know, you know what it is? It's, it's like when you cross off.
0: the ten dollar barrier with a cigar. Yeah. When you cross that ten dollar barrier, now you're expecting yeah. something that blows those eight dollar cigars away. Yeah.
1: Even if it's ten
0: right? fifty. Right. You're like you yes, know. Yes. I, we just entered double digits on the front. Yeah. Show me something that's going to really impress me, so I feel like I I'm spending. And it's kind of that way when you go over a hundred. I think in yeah. a in a bottle of of any spirit. So oh. I'm going to say this: good, yes, mm-hmm. blow me away, not really. For twenty dollars more than this, I can buy a bottle, and I realize this is apples and oranges, or in this case, agave and and uh, and rye. Uh, but I can buy, for a $20 more, I can buy a bottle of the Jose Cuervo Reserva de la Familia. And that's like maybe the best spirit I've ever had in my
1: life. Which is one of the finest, yes. not only one of the examples best you can get of the style. Yes. But, you know, one of the <coughs> finest out there. Yeah. So I don't know. Is it comparable to the complexity of some of the scotches I've had? I've had scotches I didn't like as much at the same price range. But I will tell you this at, at, at the $120 price range, when you're buying a scotch, I think you're getting a little more complexity overall. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: I like it. It's good. I, I it's, do like it, too. It's good too. whiskey. If I went over to your house and you poured me this, I wouldn't be going, eh, what else you got? You know, I'd be like, <laughs> this is good. Yeah. Right. Pour it, it, a little it. Coke in it. You're fine. Right. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh I will mention really quickly, because we, I mentioned the uh, Jose Cuervo uh, Reserva de la Familia, that I had some more of it uh, last week. Uh, my wife and took was me it? out for Valentine's Day. In fact, I remember
1: seeing you a uh, part of that trip. I don't know what you're talking we about. Crossed paths. There was a there was a, a, a an apparition that showed up and yes. sang a song and wandered off, so yes. he didn't interrupt any more of your but he evening. Looked, he
0: looked a bit like you. I don't know. He uh, was
1: probably wearing work clothes or something. I think
0: his voice was better than yours, though. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we went out and and uh, and had a wonderful evening. Wound up at uh, Tango and Malbec which is really more known for their wines than anything else. Uh, But my wife was having uh, some uh, sparkling wine, and I was enjoying a, uh, a Goose Island IPA. And I looked over at the countertop, and I'm like, is that a bottle of Reserva de la Familia? So I asked the bartender, and she said, yes, it is. I said, I do not tell me how much it is I just want one <laughs> So uh, so we enjoyed that It was Valentine's Day, it was a special moment And we enjoyed it very So much. so when we come back
1: I'll have to tell the story of sneaking up on you on Valentine's
0: oh, Day Oh yeah, I, w- I want to hear that So that's coming up, plus how to live past 90 And we try black crack For the first time Details are coming up It's smoking and toasting And it is show number 77 Welcome to it Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting, Ziggy Marley. Thank you. Um, so we're going to do something we've we've never done on the show before, and that is to try a uh, a beverage that has crack in the title.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, so our final segment here on this edition number seventy seven of the show is uh, is going to be sampling Southern Stars Black Crack. And according to this can, basically, it is a barrel aged version. of of their Buried Hatchet stout, which so, is in and of itself a force to be reckoned with. Southern Star.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Southern Star on its own is fantastic. Oh, they're it's a great so brewery. good. They're a great brewery.
0: First to do cans in Texas, by the way.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. And they're, it, it, their Buried Hatchet is such an amazing stout. You know, I like stout. It may be
0: one of my favorite stouts that, that I've tried. That
1: stout. To me, is on an echelon with um, Founders Breakfast Stout. Mm-hmm. Like, those two might mm-hmm. be the best stouts I even know of. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you won't find either. Un- unreal. You won't find either on the
0: menu at the restaurant downstairs at House of Blues. That's odd. That is odd. Isn't it? Wouldn't so, you think you could find one
1: or the other? So, uh, but you have to be careful with this. Like, I, so I had a birthday party last year, mm-hmm. and um, we decided to get a couple of cakes for my birthday party. And my wife said, well, Let's get a keg of the Buried Hatchet. And I said, baby, I love you. And that is a great idea, except for except Buried for Hatchet one thing. Yeah. is 10%. Yeah, no, if you had a keg of Buried Hatchet, dude, you wouldn't now, make, make it home. a keg, and we're talking about a Slim here. We're not talking mm-hmm. about a fifteen-five or a half-barrel, what to call it. We're talking about a Slim here, which is a five-gallon keg. That's 65 pints of beer. That's a lot of beer. That's a lot of... 65 pints of beer at yeah. 10%. Yeah, that's a lot of 10%. percent mm well, we, we talked her down. It was a great idea because me. Well, so it was. A, it was a birthday slash my friend was going away party. Hi Gio. Uh, yeah. and um, so anyway, <laughs> and and Geo also loves the buried hatchet. We would have been like as it stood. We had two kegs of beer. We hung out and we partied for approximately six to eight hours with the buried hatchet. No, no, no. We decided against the buried hatchet, and I called my friend Joel over at over at. Um, over at uh, Eureka Heights, ah, and we ended up hey, with the Wicked Awesome, which is so which is good, ten, yes, is fantastic. Yes, and their uh, Buckle Bunny, I believe. Oh, I like we, the Buckle yes. Bunny because yes. those are very sessionable. Like they do all mm-hmm. sessionable beers. So yes, good. yes. Ten percent not so sessionable. That would have been devastating. De- yeah, more devastating than the, de- yeah, the Devastator.
0: Uh, by the way, I just wanted to mention we're brought to you by B and B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork and Fort Worth, get the bacon. Trust me. Don't ask questions. Just do it. Uh, I'm not seeing on the can of uh, Southern Star Black Crack the uh, bourbon barrel aged buried hatchet stout. I'm not seeing the ABV on this, but I have a 10%. feeling it's 10% because have what we've gone up by.
1: We went from 4.5 yeah. to 8 point something to 10% now. All right. So before we imbibe in the 10%, let me say cheers to
0: life and share with you how you can live past 90 Talk to me. Uh, when it comes to making it into your 90s, according to a new study, and this may be, you know, Ian, one of those examples you were mentioning about how you can prove almost anything with a study. According to a new study, booze actually beats exercise if you want to live into your 90s. It's a long, I don't even know what to say. To study. That. <laughs> yes. The research was led by Claudia Cavas, or Cavas a neurologist at the University of California. They tracked 1,700 people that were enrolled in the study that began in 2003 exploring the impacts of daily habits of all kinds on longevity. Researchers discovered that the subjects who drank two glasses of beer or wine a day were 18% less likely to experience a premature death than those who abstained from alcohol. Your chances if you have two beers a day of not experiencing a premature death go up eighteen percent your chances of living. Yes,
1: Ian. Pick me. Pick me. Yes, Ian. Mr. Cotter. Yes. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Ooh, Mr. Cotter. Cotter. Um so if you smoke cigars mm-hmm. and you drink two glasses of some kind of wine spirit or beer, beer a day, a day yes. you have negated
0: that's right. You you're within two two percent of negating the yes exactly right.
1: <laughs> of the the cigar. Uh, oh, you'll love yeah. this.
0: Researchers said that in contrast to couch potatoes, participants who exercised fifteen to forty five minutes a day cut the same risk by eleven percent. So you're eighteen percent less likely to die a premature death if you drink two drinks a day. And only
1: 11% if you exercise for 15 to 45 minutes. So I want to stack things in my favor. Yeah. So if I exercise every day, mm-hmm. and I smoke cigars, and I go. have a couple of drinks in the evening. Yeah. Well, I think you're now, right. you're now
0: net positive.
1: Yeah, yeah. According, we're, we're to, plus, according right? to the research, you're that net positive. That means I'm more likely
0: to live. Uh, the, uh, the owner of the study, the person who initiated the study, says, I have no explanation for it, but I do firmly believe that modest drinking improves longevity. And this was said at the uh, annual conference in Austin, Texas uh, last week. Other factors were found to boost longevity, including weight. Participants who are slightly overweight but not obese cut their odds of early death by 3% compared to subjects who were normal to overweight. So if you are slightly overweight, not obese, but slightly overweight, you actually have a better chance to live longer than normal to underweight. Hmm. It's not bad to be skinny when you're young, but it's very bad to be skinny when you're old, Kawa said in her address. So subjects who kept busy with a daily hobby two hours a day were 21% less likely to die early. That's even better than drinking alcohol. Uh, while those who drank two cups of coffee a day cut that risk by 10% compared to non-coffee drinkers. Uh, further study, they say, is needed to determine how habits impact longevity beyond people's genetic makeups. In the meantime...
1: Have a glass of beer. Or so wine. let's wrap this up. Or both, yes. So, what we're saying is, mm-hmm. have a cigar if you want to, mm-hmm. but there's a risk. Mm-hmm. Um, have a couple drinks. And, and if you might counteract that risk. Right. According to the numbers, now exercise. We're not this up. Yes. And have a hobby,
0: and you have You're, a much better chance. You have a much better chance of living longer. That yes. seems like an all right thing. It works for me. It totally works. <laughs> I can live by that. It works for me almost as good as this sound. Can you tell that's frothy just by the sound of the opening? Ooh, and I just got a whiff of it, too. So I've just opened up what Southern Star, uh, which is a brewery in Conroe, Texas, calls Black Crack. And the Black Crack is their Buried Hatchet Stout, which we've already established is a good thing. Buried Hatchet Stout. Yeah, but it's been been barrel-aged. So it'll be very interesting. Don't have I come up with some really great stuff for the rest to taste on this show? You well, always do. You know, I'm I'm good like that, aren't I? Wow, terrific! So Black Crack is Buried Hatchet Stout with a uh, with a little bit of barrel aging involved, and it's going to be very interesting, I think, to do this tasting and get a feel for what we think we got. Um, I'm noticing that. Uh, That Adam is engrossed in the Wheels of Steel, so he hasn't tried his yet. So it'll be interesting. uh, Because I kind of know what he likes. I'm thinking he may like this. But it is 10% ABV, or so we think. And judging by the first inhale, I will say I'm not getting like a whole lot of very specific flavors, but I know there's a knockout punch coming.
1: I'm going to wait until you take a sip, and then I'm going to say something Heath Bar. Wow, dude. (laughs) Heath bar, like yeah. almost exactly. Yeah. So Heath bar is what toffee and chocolate. Is that yes. what a Heath bar is? Wow, toffee and chocolate. Now, if you had that toffee and chocolate sitting on a little bit of oak bark, that's pretty much what we're drinking. Wow, that... and it's amazing. So this is the third thing we've had
0: today that is a chocolate bomb. Yes, today is a chocolate. It's a bomb chocolate day. day. Yes. Is a chocolate day, but but this is the first one that has represented for Heath Bar, and that is just like that. Now I'm trying to remember Buried Hatchet on its own,
1: and I'm not remembering Heath Bar. I'm remembering no, chocolate. the toffee's not there in a Buried Hatchet. You don't get that toffee flavor. You get the uh, you don't get the ochre toffee. Mm-hmm. In the Buried Hatchet, you get that definite um, classic stout flavors. Yes. A little bit of nuttiness but a lot of chocolate. Mm, like buried hatchet mm. is is also a chocolate bomb anyway. It really is. But this anyway. is like a this is like a more complex buried hatchet. And buried Buried Hatchet, while it's an amazing beer, I wouldn't call it a very complex beer. Um, this is like a more complex version of it. So let me just mention this.
0: I just went after a couple of very, you know, generous sips of the black crack. I went back and had a sip of the whistle pig. You had a sip left of the whistle. I did. I did. Very nice. Well, you remember, it's rye, and I don't go that hard on rye, right? So, But that's very nice. It's a very nice pairing. I could see that Uh, working. very nice pairing. Uh, Wow. So I'm pretty impressed.
1: I'm pretty impressed with the Black Crack. At $10 for a single 16-ounce can, how do you feel about it? (laughs) Bless you. Um, I I think I feel pretty
0: good. I think I could buy a $10 can. I think
1: that's a good share. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's that's not as much as a 750 milliliter bomber, but it's only 10,
1: not 20. So, right, right. I think that this particular, I think they got a winner on this. I think like, they do. This is, this like, is I like a treat. This, I like this even better than buried hatchet, which right. is good, and it's incredibly rich. Like I have been known to actually sit down and have a few buried hatchets in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, not if I'm going to move around a whole bunch after uh, right. a whole bunch afterwards, but. Um, this is something. This is so incredibly rich, and what I love too is that oak stringency in there just really mm-hmm. balances balances all of the, all the that chocolate out. and yep. toffee Ooh. going on. But this is this is a share. This is a pass around. This is a like let's all try this because about a third of a can of this is probably all I'd want at one time.
0: What a very interesting uh, group of things to taste on this show. Like chocolate, I'm really really proud of uh, yeah oh, really proud sour. of. Our- And sour. Yeah, sour and three chocolates. (laughs) That's how we roll. Uh, On next week's show, very excited about show number uh, 78, Lee Longoria. From Spindletap Brewing, will be joining us to talk Spindle Tap. We're very excited about having That's Lee on the awesome. show. And Spindletap is a great Houston area microbrewery. They make great beers. We're really psyched uh, about that. Plus, we're going to continue to investigate on the tequila shortage. We're going to get to the bottom of this. What is it really about, and how does that you know how does that impact you as a tequila consumer? And I think I've been thinking about this more and more. I think I may be going and springing for a bottle of the Reserva de la Familia from Cuervo because, because <laughs> after finding out what the whistle big cost uh, and, and just like considering all of it and if tequila prices are going up because of the agave, I don't know. But see, maybe that's what they want me to think. This is what Stuart's saying. That's what they want you to think. So you get out there and, and buy. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's all it's very interesting out there, my friends. We try to bring you the real uh the real news, not the just hardcore stuff. The hardcore stuff. That's what we do. Black crack is pretty hardcore. I mean, have some. That buddies. is pretty hardcore. <laughs> have a, have a, a great uh, a week, my friends. Thank you for joining us for smoking and toast number seventy seven. Uh thanks to Adam on the Wheels of Steel and to uh, Ian's lovely wife Tiffany for sitting in on the show today. And cheers. I have a feeling she liked the black crack, did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a feeling. Have a great week, my friends, and uh, cheers.